When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Field of 68 Best Bet Show presented by Bet Rivers. We are the three-man weave. I'm Kai McEwen here to take you through another excellent day of college basketball. Fellas, I know we got takeaways from yesterday. I got one that you guys might repeat. I see it discussed in the chat already. It involves Iowa State and Texas Tech. But Jim, what did you see yesterday? What are your takeaways? Uh, I'm going to leave that to you, Kai, because I figured that one would come up. Um, Chicago State is competent. How about those boys? Road Warriors covered three in a row, won three of the last four, including a, that win over Aurora. Um, efficiency is nuts right now. It's a weird environment for mm. betting unders, which is really tough. Um, I am obviously a affinity. I have an affinity for betting unders, but efficiency is just like up, 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 up and away. So it's really hard to find nice spots for unders. I've been trying to be careful with that. Last takeaway, Baylor's defense, guys, I've watched it more in detail last night. I don't like how easily they switch everything. And when they have small guards, they end up with a big man on a point guard and a point guard on a center, like constantly. They don't fight through screens at all. It's not like a, it's not a team that should be switching everything. They should be fighting through screens, playing two in the ball. Scott Drew knows better than me, Matthew, but that that was my takeaway from watching Baylor. Uh, my takeaway, I didn't watch this game because, well, I'm in Naples, Kai, and this game was not televised nationally. Uh, Oral <laughs> Roberts, South Dakota, but Oral Roberts is all the way real. And I know South Dakota's not very good. I, I understand some of these lopsided results are a function of the watered down league in which they play in. I'm ready to have the Oral Roberts, Charleston, FAU discussion. Um, I still think FAU is the best of those three, but I'm prepared yeah. to put ORU in the. Uh, like, you know, this team is probably a pretty good bet to go second weekend. Like, I'm just super impressed. They're so dangerous. Balanced. Just real quick question. How do you feel about Liberty in that discussion? Just because of where those... I can't get there with Liberty. I know. See, see, Liberty was my, like, kind of like, I don't know why I'm not giving them respect, but I just haven't quite yet. Um, and I think it's the roster doesn't excite me for Liberty. But maybe I need to come around to that, as they've completely dominated a really good A Sun League. That's fair. Yeah, I was just curious. I wanted to... No, if, you recall, if you recall yesterday, I, I said shooting splits would be everything in that game. Uh, seven for 29, South Dakota, 18 for 37 for Oral Roberts. That's your ball game. Three-point shooting, baby. That's all that matters. Uh, my takeaway, yes, let's talk Iowa State really quick. Up 23 points, had a 99% win, uh, win probability per Kempom at that point. Went to overtime. Texas Tech wins by three. Every single Iowa State bet lost. It closed at two and a half. Texas Tech betters thinking they're pretty sharp. They got the wrong side winner there. Caleb Grill being announced in, Pop Isaacs out, and the game closed two and a half really confused me. I, I, I'm actually pretty shocked we didn't see more Iowa State buyback. That's the beauty of gambling, baby. And also credit to Davion Harmon. 
guy put his team on their on his back, refused to lose mentality. He was incredible down the stretch. So they got a superhero performance from him. Good win, Texas Tech. You get on the board in the Big 12. Speaking of the Big 12, that's where we're going to start our show today. Kansas State at Kansas. It's a rematch of one of the best games of the year and one of the best games, Matthew, I have ever seen in person. K-State got up early in that first game against Kansas, kind of controlled it. But man, KU did them a lot of favors. They were 6 for 29 from three. A lot of those were open. They're 24 for 34 from the free throw line. Not really indicative of their true ability. Who do you like tonight? It's a big spread. KU minus eight at Bet Rivers. I think I have the cliche take on this game. I like the spot for KU. It kind of feels like a KU throttle, but I kind of thought the spread was too big. And that's from the token K-State hater on this program. So I, I'm with you on that one. Um, and we've talked about how KU just hasn't been good as a larger home favorite um, this season. I think Jim probably has some data on that. But uh, Kai, one little matchup angle you mentioned where KU, I think, had advantages that didn't quite show up to the bottom line last game. They really kept Nolan check. I mean, I think he only had four yes. points. Um, he played a pretty good four game, but he was not the dangerous killer. On the other side, Jalen Wilson did whatever he wanted to do. I don't really see like that changing tonight. I think just the personnel, the way these teams are built, the edges will sustain for KU. The disadvantages will sustain for K-State. If shots start to fall in equilibrium, Jim, I think KU wins by 10, 12 tonight. Yeah, I, I think it's too high. I, I, feel I still think it's too high. Yeah, I just think it's, is, that's how it plays. Kansas is really bad in this situation. They're five straight ATS losses as a favorite of seven or more. They're two and eight this season as a favorite, a home favorite of seven or more. Like they're just not good in that situation, not built to do that. Uh, I would agree with the matchup in the spot, though. Um, Kansas trending up after winning at Rupp. I think that was like a get off the schneid, really struggling. There's the revenge angle. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, Dewan Harris is a great like lanky long defender to throw it in well he can fight through screens something those Baylor guards don't do I'm, I'm gonna harp on that point um but yeah and and the bigger wings I think is a big advantage for Kansas now Gasson coming back might actually help someone to throw at Jalen Wilson he's more of an athletic like six eight six nine guy he, he's a nice piece to throw at him but I don't know how much he can really stop Jalen Wilson Kai no one no one's really stopping Jalen Wilson yeah so I, I just think it's too high to bet Kansas, but the spot matchup sets up better for them. Yeah. Also that first game, KJ Adams crushed K state inside. Uh, maybe Gasson helps that if, he, if he's back, but man, he's so strong. I, I think he has no problem doing that once again. And you mentioned it. K state couldn't stop Jalen Wilson. Kansas couldn't stop Keontae Johnson either. I think both guys get what they want. I think both guys find success scoring, but I, I'm going back to Matt's point about Noel. Kansas did a great job taking him away. My wife was was surprised when I told her Noel was their leading scorer because he did absolutely nothing in that game. He didn't. He, he couldn't even look for a shot. Harris. Was yeah, all you were hyping her up. You're hyping him up to her. I was hyping him up. Yeah. I know. So the spread does feel high to me. Eight points is a lot for these two teams, in my opinion. But I do think it's KU's game. I, I wouldn't want to fade them in this spot. Indiana at Maryland is where we're going next. Matthew went to Indiana for school. He loves Once his Hoosiers. Matt, are we uh, are we stopping the IU train? Who's stopping the IU train? No one can, right? Top twenty in Kimpom now. They're ranked. They're four and one against the spread in their last five. Getting healthier. Do you like your Hoosiers tonight against Maryland? They're laying three points at home. Uh, Maryland's laying three. Yes, Indiana's catching three. Excuse me. Maryland's laying three points at home. Excuse me. Yes, and that is why I like Indiana here. Um, obviously the home spot for Maryland is is a little bit. Uh, if you're looking to back Indiana, you don't love that. You just look at the home road splits. Maryland's undefeated at home in conference, have not won on the road. Uh, I don't believe the ATS records actually revealed that stark of a split, though. 
The thing with Indiana is that we talked about how they kind of got going with the race Thompson injury. I think they had some almost like mandated lineup adjustments that were, that had to be made in by association, some schematic adjustments. Um, Jalen Hood Shapino has been great after sort of a, tr- a tough end to his non-conference where he had that injury. A lot of things I think are contributing to this Indiana role. And with like this newfound success with a smaller, non too big lineup without race, even though he's back now, plays well tonight against Maryland, who I think can kill you with a small ball, five out type of look. Um, it's a sort of alignment that Indians have problems with historically, Jim. So I like that they have like that in their back pocket. Like, oh yeah, no, we can play that way and we're good at that. So I really like IU here. It feels like kind of the obvious play, just given how well they're playing. Um, but I know I have Maryland Raider pretty highly, and I know I respect that home court, and I still couldn't get there on the numbers. So I'm taking IU. Yeah, I I lean towards IU too. I tweeted it on Saturday night. Like, I think I, Indiana might be really good. Uh, with the way Hood Shafino's shooting, like that was the question coming in. Do they have perimeter shooting? They're like an elite three-point shooting team. It's ridiculous. I didn't expect that to happen. Hood Shafino's kind of led the charge there. Uh, Maryland is 5-0 and against the spread at home in league play. So yep. they have been very good at College Park. You're back against oh, wow. that. Uh, rather comfortably, four in a row, uh, dating back to the um, the Illinois game in December was the fifth win. Uh, but it's it's been an actual advantage playing at home there. I'm sure they're going to be hyped knowing Indiana's riding high. Because Kai Indiana's won five straight, covered four of the last five. Like so, you got kind of the dueling trends there. I just think Indiana's better. Maryland has had some pretty poor halves this season, and you can't have a bad half against the same Indiana team. I think that's trouble. So I, I also think it's too high. I make it like Indiana minus a half. Kai, oh. wrong team favored. Go Hoosiers. Boy, no way. Can't have Indiana who favored at Maryland. Not not. Kai not hates team. IU. Kai hates IU. I don't understand. Maryland's, quick, so, Maryland's doing well. To, they've covered. I know five Maryland's six. very good. They're, good. I know they're, they're very good. Um, they also yeah, covered almost beat Purdue and they shot terribly. However, as everyone's mentioned in the chat, the look ahead spot I think is kind of notice or, or real here. I, I may have overlooked this when I played IU. Um, like on the show this morning, I, yeah, everyone's like, look ahead, look ahead, look ahead, look ahead. Worry about it because last year at home, IU lost to Rutgers. In this similar spot, I don't know. Maybe there's something there. Just want to just want to acknowledge it. I don't subscribe to the look ahead theory. I, I usually don't either. I, I usually don't either. It's I kind of agree. I kind of agree. Uh, per usual, no answer for TJD here. So I, I do think that's a major advantage for Indiana. Maryland just doesn't have the size. Reese Scott, it's not going to work. But Maryland going small on the other end, I think it's a really big test for Indiana's defense. A little cat and mouse play between the coaches here, lineup switchability. Uh, I don't really want to fade either team. Maryland at home, Indiana right now in their current form. So I stayed away. I think the line is fair. Say fair. West Virginia TCU, we're ping-ponging back to the Big 12. This spread is two now at Bet Rivers. Now, Kim Palm has this spread at four, Jim, <clears throat> all healthy. This was two and a half before the show, but now it's two. My question to you is, is Mike Miles worth one and a half or two points? I might argue he's worth a little bit more. Eddie Lampkins, iffy. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, I think TCU and West Virginia are a little farther apart than Ken Palm has them fully healthy. So if it's four, I think it should be more like six. Uh, So now you put it down at two. I think that's probably fair. Um, Saying that this version of TCU is worse than West Virginia on a neutral floor. I kind of buy that. Uh, No real angle historically with Dixon versus Huggins. It's like exactly even both cover margin and record. So nothing to take away from that. Matt, this just feels more like West Virginia's game. Uh, TCU gave a really strong effort after Miles got hurt going to overtime against Mississippi State. But now you turn around from that still shorthanded without your best front court player and your best player in the backcourt. This feels like West Virginia to me. I'm not going to bet it at plus two, but 
Uh, I, I wish I could get back my Horned Frogs, but I can't with this version. Yeah, even with the injuries, I guess I'm just like almost anti-injury guy on this program, but I like TCU here. I, I just think this line is so cheap. And I know I have West Virginia rated in the clouds. I know I have TCU, at least relative to the market, um, probably underrated. Uh, I kind of like the back against the wall, Kai. No one believes in us because our two key guys are out. Like I, The guys they have are still solid. Um, it's going to be an ugly path to victory without Miles, no question. But, you know, West Virginia, all you have to do is catch Eric Stevenson on a cold night. You get a chance to beat him anytime. So I think this kind of bounce back revenge spot is great for TCU. Does it go lower? I think two is as low as this goes. I think now is the time to hop in if you're buying my uh, counter punching horned frog narrative guy. Yeah, I, I like the Mountaineers here. Uh, they're a really good team, and this is a major chance for them to, to pad the resume a bit. The committee's not going to search through the archives here and see, oh, you beat TCU without Miles. That doesn't count. It's going to be a quad one win. It's going to be huge for the resume. They also beat them once already, and you could argue that's an angle to take the other team. I don't quite see it that way. Uh, I think they more so have the answers to beat them. They dominated TCU on the glass. 50% offensive rebounding rate in game one. 50%, and there's no Lampkin most likely in this game. They also forced 19 turnovers. That's going to go up without Mike Miles in the lineup, or at least it's going to be pretty close to it. I think West Virginia gets it done. I kind of think they went out right here. And I do like the under here as well without Mike Miles in the lineup. Yeah. Kyle, you take away Miles and Lampkin too, and, and TCU's like getting to the line advantage against yes. that fouling. I think that decreases a lot. Mm-hmm. All right. Last game on the rundown before chat mob part one. It's San Diego State and Nevada for a little Mountain West action here. This spread has gone up. Well, it's come back down a little bit. San Diego State minus two and a half on the road, Matthew, at Nevada. Starting to separate themselves in the Mountain West, eight and one in league play, coming off a big win here. You're the Nevada whisperer. What say you? Yeah, I've kind of lost my Nevada uh, premonition. I've just They seem to be kind of back and forth. I can't get a read on them. And this game makes no sense to me from a side perspective, Jim. I'm back and forth on it. Uh, clearly, the market is well. The market is as well based on the movement. As Jimmy totals on this show, I kind of like the under here. I feel like this game gets really, really grody. One thirty-seven and a half feels kind of high. So that's a once-in-a-lifetime total take from Matthias to kick off this uh, this game. Yeah, rather shocking. I, San Diego State has been playing a lot slower in league play than they did in non-con. Non-con, it was like, oh, transition. They're kind of doing what TCU did, where they speed up and score in in up-tempo fashion. It's not really been the case in league play, but efficiency has kept some of their totals high. Uh, surprising coaching splits here. I, I was shocked to find that Brian Dutcher is 8 0 uh, straight up against Alford, but only 1 in 7 against the spread. <clears throat> wow. Alford has kept things really close. Of course, Kai, this is the closest to a pick em any of those spreads has been. Right. So you don't have that kind of leeway where if you're Alford, you're getting the points to keep it close. So I'm throwing that out a little bit. I don't think, I don't, if you have never beat him straight up, you can't own him. Like I just won't. I won't say that Alford <laughs> yeah. owns Dutcher when he's zero eight. Uh, so I actually do still kind of slightly lean towards the Aztecs here, but uh, where where it's at, I don't feel like I have any big number advantage. Yeah, I I don't think Nevada's bad by any means. I think their values peaked though, right? That they've lost three of the last five. They're one and four against the spread in the last five. I just think they've gotten to the to the top of their market value, and they can't go much higher. Whereas San Diego State, again, I thought this team was top fifteen earlier in the season. I still think they have room to grow. They were up by 18 in the first matchup here. They never trailed. It was a cold shooting night for Nevada, to be sure. But San Diego State got whatever it wanted offensively. I'm on San Diego State again in this game. I I like them here. Even at minus two and a half, would lean their way. 
Yeah, they killed him in transition. Like, Alfred had a quote directly about, like, we cannot let that happen again. I think it's another point in favor of under. Um, and yeah, I kind of think Nevada responds, but I don't know. Value's questionable here. So that's all I got. Next game. Fantastic. Well, let's go to the chat mob, actually. Jim is our chat czar today. What do you got? Kai, you were most recently in St. Louis of the three of us, but we've uh-huh. all spent time living in that lovely city. The Bills are, though, they're on the road. They're in New York at Fordham at the Rose Hill Gym. Four-point road favorites. Slew right now atop the A-10. So they need wins to stay above VCU and Dayton. Kai, do they get that on the road here? I lean towards Slew. It's a bit scary. Fordham's been a lot better this season. Uh, they've been good at home. Slew on the road is always kind of scary, but I still think this team is crazy talented. Uh, arguably the most talented team in the A-10. Uh, they have been playing well. I, I do like them at minus four here still at Fordham. Yeah, four or five straight games and double figures for Perkins. He's starting to look yeah legit. Gordon's okay. been good lately. Yeah, they have been good for sure. For sure, they've last five really good. My close yeah. slew friend is like, this is a game Travis Ford falls on his face. So he he, <laughs> he feels like this is a Fordham outright win. So take that for what it's worth. Yeah, uh, Matthew UNLV, my old running Rebels. They are headed to Colorado State. Uh, Colorado State is taking money here. It's like a one and a half opener up to three. How do you feel about this one? I'm tempted to go back to the Colorado State well. Kai threw egg in my face, telling me that Boise would smack Colorado State, and they sure as hell did. I still think Colorado State's a good buy low. I think that was just a Boise is awesome, and I need to just reassess my take on on that team. So I like the Rams here, Jimmy. Yeah, I kind of do too. A um, couple other Mountain West one. Kyle, go to you here from Pat. Fresno at Wyoming. Wyoming's taking big money. Uh, yeah. Three to five, two and a half to five, laying that at home. They are healthier. Do we think the Cowboys are trending up to a lot of the preseason expectations for them? Look, I did lay four, but I still think it's kind of ridiculous how much money they're taking. This team's been really bad with this current lineup, too, especially. And Fresno has been scrappy and them as a five point dog at Wyoming right now. That makes me a little bit nervous. I'm nervous about the minus four I have, Jim, but it felt right with the spot. Wyoming's much better at home. And I don't really believe in Fresno, frankly. And I'm trying to put that to the test here. I'm with you. Number's really low, but I kind of still lean under. I wish it was like 130 and I'd be all over the under, but 127 is less less exciting to me. Uh, Matt, another one from Pat. Akron, minus two and a half on the road at Buffalo. Uh, I saw a a good Majeski tweet before we get on here, Jordan Majeski, saying Akron will not play the dumb game that Buffalo wants them to, which kind of makes me lean towards the zips. I like Buffalo on the number, but I, you're right, though. I, Akron's always hyper-disciplined in this type of spot, and I don't like watching Buffalo play half-court offense at all. Uh, their fan forms certainly don't either. Um, this number's been bet up to 147, 148, so some smart total people seem to think Buffalo does dictate pace. I would think that favors them, Kai. I don't know. Maybe I'd take Buffalo at a better number. Two, yeah, th- this was like pick right open, right? Yeah, it's up to two and a half. Yeah, Buffalo but, plus three at home. I think it's a pretty good bet. That can't be a bad... That can't be an easy place to play. I think historically... All MAC teams, and especially Akron, have struggled there. So I actually lean towards Buffalo. Buffalo, very erratic team for sure. Very erratic. Yes. We're trying to figure out what to do with Clemson these days. Uh, they are a four and a half point yeah. road favorite at BC. Are they just going to keep winning and go nineteen and one in the ACC? You tell me. Yeah, probably. Doesn't this feel short? It feels short to have Clemson minus four and a half, minus four at Boston College. But Boston College hasn't been bad lately. They're they're talented enough to keep this close and. And there's a reason Clemson's still like 60th, 55th in Kempom. They're not winning these games by much. They're not an elite team. It will come back down to earth eventually. So I think the line's pretty fair here. I stayed away. Yeah, I actually kind of liked BC. I just 
I don't think they're that much worse. Like eight yeah. points worse on a neutral. I actually don't feel that way. Question on health there. Clemson's fine, except Brevin Galloway's probably still out from his from his ball his, injury. His testicle issue. Yes. Yeah, it's not great. Um, all right. Two more, and we'll go back to the outline. Matt, going to you for Ball State at Bowling Green. You get another Mac question here. It's yep. another Bowling Green is similar to Buffalo. Like erratic plays, really ridiculous games, hard to figure out. Ball State, I trust more. They're a one and a half point road favorite, similar to that game as well. Mm-hmm. What do you feel on this one, side or total? Both got asked about. I like a lot of road favorites tonight. Um, just as a general theme, I I like Ball State here. I, I know Bowling Green's been playing better ish, and Ball State's not as awesome as they looked. I think three weeks ago. I I still think this is too cheap. It seems like an overreaction to the recent form. Uh, Sam Towns did come back last game for Bowling Green. He is important just because they have literally no one up front other than Agui to like defend the rim, and their defense has been porous. I do think he kind of matters. I don't know. I ended up staying away. It just felt wrong to me, Kai, but I, I still lean Ball State. I think Ball State's a pace taker, and against Bowling Green, like they're willing to run. Like they play some fast games. I do like over. Slow. Yeah. Uh, all right. Last one. I'm going to field this, Kai, unless you have a super differing opinion. Boise State minus eight at Air Force. I, I love Air Force here. I think that's just too many points. I know Corbin Green's been out, which is an issue, but Air Force is still pretty competent, and they have a very strong home court advantage there. Uh, I, I think it should be like five. So I'm going to take the plus eight, Kai. Any 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 disagreement? Not really. Okay. Uh, okay. I don't like fading Boise, but Air Force at home, not a bad way to do it. All right, I'll let you uh, take back over in the outline. We've got plenty of games still to come in chat mob part two. Let's do Northwestern at Iowa. Should we should we be respecting Northwestern a bit more, guys? This team's six and three in the Big Ten. They're five and two against the spread the last seven. They're safely in the field, Jim, right now. Chris Collins trying to get his Wildcats back to the dance, but Iowa's been really good lately as well. Six and one against the spread their last seven. We know they're good at home. Ten and two against the spread at home, besides that whole Eastern Illinois thing that we don't talk about anymore. Jim, who do you like in this game? Iowa laying seven. Yeah, that game didn't happen. Uh, I, I think Northwestern is <laughs> actually a pretty feisty squad. Um, I agree. I, I lean to them on the spread here. I know Big Ten, Big 12, those home courts, we always talk about them, but the, I don't know if they've been that strong. Big 12 especially, I looked at it today, not, not super strong. I think Northwestern can be a very frustrating defensive team to play against. Their guards are big and strong, so they can switch a little bit more effectively than other teams, Baylor, still thinking about that. Um, in Iowa, while they did get a lot of juju back last game offensively with Pat McCaffrey back and they shot the lights out, I still have some questions with their creation and, and chemistry coming together. Matt, what I really like here is the under. It's my best bet under. I'm looking at uh, Bet Rivers now. I see 150.5, which is up a point from pre-show. I will take that extra point of value. I think Northwestern drags us more into a crawl kind of a game and hopefully uh, – can keep this 70 possessions, I think, is where it's projected. If we can get this like 66, I'll feel much better about it. And Iowa may struggle to score against journalism Matumbo in the paint. That's what I call Matthew Nicholson. I, I kind of like the under from a schedule spot, Jim. I think, uh, or I know, I can look at the schedule and confirm. Kai. Iowa played on Sunday, so only one day turnaround. Northwestern with only a two-day turnaround. Both played, I think, Thursday and Wednesday a week before. Northwestern actually played Monday as well. So yeah, it's kind of that part of the Big Ten schedule where a lot of games, short amount of time, I do think the legs will... Uh, start to tire probably helps your pace from an under perspective. Probably helps Northwestern, right? Correlation there between the under and the dog, especially was that's when Northwestern's at their best is when it gets ugly and mucky. I also don't want to take Northwestern because I feel like this is a spot where Iowa hits six of their first seven threes. I'm like, oh, I took Northwestern at Iowa, really? 
<laughs> no, Matt, you know, but like Matt 2021 would be laughing at that take. So I say it away, but I think there are some interesting angles for the under and for the Northwestern side. Yeah, their offense, Northwestern's offense has actually been what's carried them in Big Ten play. They can really attack the hoop. They get to the line. They they space the floor with those forwards who can stretch it. Um, and they have guards who can make big-time shots. Someone in the chat said, Boo-Booey, Aldige, best guard combo in the Big Ten. I don't really agree with that, I don't think. I need to think about that one a little bit. But Aldige definitely makes big-time shots. There's there's no denying that. I don't think that works as well, though, Jim, against Iowa. The, the mobile bigs Iowa has, the fact they don't foul, they are a sieve on defense. You can just score on them no matter what, I guess. But maybe not so much, not not, not as big of an advantage as opposed, as opposed to what it would be against the bigger Big Ten teams. Northwestern's defense, it's regressed a bit. Teams who can make outside shots have success. Iowa with Pat McCaffrey can probably do that. Big spread, I'd probably lean Northwestern if anything, but I'm staying away as well. Yeah, I forgot one one little factoid to mention. Uh, Fran is 11-4 and four against the spread against Collins, plus three cover margin. He's, he's kind of owned him in Big Ten play fairly consistently, but this is a better Northwestern team, so we'll see. Best All ever? Right. Best ever Northwestern team? Currently, I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> Per, per Kim Pum, but I'll always have a soft spot for the uh, Bryant McIntosh team. Love that. That was a fun team. Virginia Tech at Miami, back in the ACC here. Miami laying three and a half. Matt Vatek is continuing his climb back up the ladder with Hunter Couture back in. Who do you like in this game? I like Canes at home. Uh, I do. It feels like a little bit of a big number to lay just because Vatek with Couture back does feel, in my opinion, like the slightly better team, I guess I'd probably have them as as near equals. But I like the spot here for Miami coming back home, three straight road games, um, and they've been really good at home this year. Beat Syracuse, uh, Boston College, they shot the lights out. Virginia, um, I just like the you here, Jim. The gut just screams like they they win this game. It's kind of, kind of a weak take for me, but I just like I think Miami first half, Miami full game. I was like, yeah, it feels right to me. Yeah, the, the angle I, I liked here is, is potentially the over uh, five straight between these two have gone over. And that kind of reads well to me, like execute or uh, efficiency based over where the Miami guards, I think can get in the lane against a somewhat smaller, less athletic backcourt for Virginia tech. And then Virginia tech's execution against Miami's porous defense. I'm going to call it porous Kai. I, I'm not going to be too kind to them. Uh, I think Virginia tech can find a way to score pretty consistently as well. Yes. So I would, I would ride with that over train on Miami about tech. Wow, Matt, I, your your Miami take pains me because my best bet is Virginia Tech plus three and a half here. Sorry, I know. When Couture went down in the BC game, Botek was 24th in the country per Kempom. They dropped to 45th without him in the lineup. They're currently 50th. They've covered three straight games, two straight wins. They're undervalued. They're not the 50th best team in the country. They're probably closer to the 30th or maybe the 25th. In that case, the spread should be lower. Miami's no slouch. I think Omir... Probably outworks Basili. Maybe Mutz can can muscle up with him a little bit. We'll see. And Miami's guards, I still don't trust. They they take erratic shots. They do dumb stuff. Botech's offensive numbers in the ACC not indicative of their true ability. With Couture back in the lineup, they're much better than those numbers say. I just think it's a value play here. So I'm taking the Hokies at plus three and a half. Best bet. Yeah, Matt Maddox was there is like maybe back? He was out for yeah. personal reasons, like a family thing. They they don't know for sure. Was there a reason that Padula only played 17 minutes? I think he just played the Camden kid, right? Because he made some shots or something. I thought that was weird. The Camden kid. The Camden, Camden kid. kid. Four fouls, I like saying Camden kid. Think, We're old enough where we can say kid. We're old enough where we can say kid, by the way. I'm definitely, I'm leaning all the way into that. 
They got this kid Cam, and he can really shoot it. I'm oh, always. I've never I'm liked the kid thing. Never liked. I, I'm it. sorry. I'm, we're old enough now. We can silly. do it. It's cool. They're, they're 18 they're to 21. They're legal adults, so they, they can fight in the military. Yeah, we act uh, like real mature adults <laughs> at 21. Yeah, you're right. All right, Texas Tech. Excuse me, Texas A&M at Arkansas is our next game. In the SEC massive, massive tournament game implications here, Jim. Implications for the NCAA tournament. That is, Arkansas's resume buoyed. By strong predictive metrics, the resume itself sucks. It's lacking the tremendously. They need a win. <laughs> but AM, weighed down by those non-con losses, they need to stack wins as well. Who do you got in this game? Arkansas is laying three and a half at home. Yeah, Arkansas is like three and six against the top two quadrants, and they have a loss outside of the top two quadrants. Like their resumes bad. It's it's really it's not bad. a good team. It's not a good team. Yeah, but they're still gonna get like a seven or eight seed because for some reason their metrics are pretty solid and they blow out bad teams. Ta-da, whatever. Matt, most shocking coaching splits of the show today. Uh, Musselman has been punked by Buzz Williams over and over and over again. He's 0-6 against the spread, not covering by 10 points per game. Like, it's not even close. Buzz Williams teams have dominated him. They they uh, won big in the SEC tournament last year. It's been a pretty consistent trend. I mean, I know it's only six games, but I kind of buy it. Uh, you can't beat Texas A&M with effort, defense, and switchability, because that's what they do too. And they can almost do it better than this particular version of Arkansas. Spreads a little low, but based on the way the teams are playing, I still like Texas A&M here, Matthew. I do too. The numbers, I don't know, it feels a little bit short, but I, I like AM here too. I this but I look at this Arkansas team again. The the roster really is just a house of cards with the injuries they've had. It's just a heavy reliance on, you know, your Devo Davises and uh and uh, the Mitchells, I mean, they've been in and out of the lineup too. Graham came back last game. I guess how I just don't like the way this this lineup looks. Right, it looks it's much less of the blend of old, grizzled, proven vets and young, awesome talent, and it's just kind of a shell of itself. So I I'm looking to fade it. I think you ride the Anna wave here, and you trust the uh, the splits that Jim mentioned. Yeah, Arkansas is athletic enough to combat a And M on the glass, uh, but they are aggressive. They foul a ton. A And M maybe lives at the line here. Bud Walton Arena. Maybe give Arkansas a bit of an edge. I'm going back and forth here with with the refs. They swallow the whistle here for their hogs, Matt. I think the talent's there for Arkansas. I know. I worry to, about that. Yeah, the talent's there for Arkansas to find success here. They need to rediscover their shooting. It's been a big problem for them. And against AM, that's bad. You can score from the outside. You can't really score inside against AM. It's it's a lot tougher. Current form says AM's definitely the play here. But I think Arkansas is in a more desperate spot given the SEC standings currently. I, I'm staying away when those two points go head to head. This could be a free throw shooting contest too. Yeah, you're right, especially at at uh at Bud Walden. And man, I just feel like Arkansas, those fans, Musselman whining. They've been so whiny this year. They probably get a few calls go their way. I could yeah, that could put them up the top. I saw an Arkansas uh, like blog account tweet that it's four straight games. They've been like negative twelve to negative fifteen in free throw disparity in the second half. And I'm sure that Musselman <laughs> is like making that point to the refs yep, every yes. game. Like, yep. Watch out for that. Uh, and at some point. Arkansas plays well late in the year. Like they do it every year. This this swoon has lasted longer than most seasons, but I, I still expect them to start playing well. Yeah, I'm torn. Next game. Not back, Colante, for the record. Just saw in the Oop. chat, not back, still dealing oh. with like he asked if we expect him back maybe at some point in February, but it it seems like it's kind of a weird dynamic going on there. NBA draft will be his sole focus, is my prediction. Go ahead, Kai. Wake Forest. At Duke is Wake. our last game Take for Wake Chat next. Mob Part 2. Matthew just has to jump in. I'm going to kick Had it to, to you first, buddy. Let me set you up. 
Wake Forest is eight point dogs to Duke. Duke, Matt, your boys are two and eight against the spread in the last 10 games. Do they continue their swoon? We'll say. I, I do. Like, here's how I looked at this handicap. Um, I mentioned this this morning. What was Duke Lane against Pitt? Like, we all jumped similar, on Pitt. It was like similar, the obvious spread, right? And we all took Pitt and, and we all cashed. I know Duke made it close at the end, but played pretty close to our number. I still think Wake's better than Pitt. So it feels dumb. If you took Pitt, then you should be taking Wake for sure here. Uh, I know Roach is back and it's his, what, third game back. He matters. Duke still has a lot of issues, man. Offensively, they're not connected. I think you're in a pretty big coaching uh, advantage here tonight. So I take Wake. Wow. I know the revenge angle is real. I still take Wake. Put it aside. I I love the coaching thing there. Wow. I love it. I think you're hand waving Roach a little bit. Uh, He didn't play in that pick. He's good. Yeah. I'm probably in That was eight and this is like seven and a half, eight. Like I think you're actually getting a little bit of a difference there. Uh, Wake coming off the loss over the weekend, rather disappointing for them. They were close yeah. in that NC State game and just couldn't pull it out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, three in a row, you're kind of backs against the wall. Mm-hmm. Do you want to make a postseason argument or not? This is a rather big one. Get on the road, get a, uh, a Q1 win. I think maybe it's a little high, Kai, but I still think Duke's going to start trending up at some point, too. And they've played a little bit better lately. I know Whitehead mm-hmm. hurts, but um, yeah. Duke at home spooks me a little bit. Too much to, to, uh, to fade them. With Whitehead out, that that's part of the reason I like Wake as well. I, they don't need him per se, but he does mean something for their offense and certainly for their depth. With him out, their depth is a real issue in the backcourt. And Wake did beat them by 11 in game one. And uh, uh, Again, like I said earlier, th- this team might have the blueprint here to beat them again. I don't subscribe as much to the revenge factor. I need to see heavy data on that one. Uh, Wake's offense has been awesome also. Number one in ACC play, I think that's enough to stay within eight or nine points. The NC state game was really disappointing. I was on wake. They were up by, well, they are up for most of the game there, but I think they can stick around with Duke today. So I'm leaning their way at eight. Kyle, you're not excited about Jaden shoot minutes with Derek Whitehead out. He got no. 13 of them against Georgia tech. <laughs> Proctor's been very good. We should tip our cap. My guy Proctor's been much yeah, better. Sure. Lately, so look, Duke's winning games, but two and eight <laughs> against the spread. I, they're, they're always overvalued. That's just kind of comes to the territory. And, I think they're not that dominant this year as the analytics support chat mob part two, Jim, what do we got? Let's do it. Kai, right back to you to talk about the disappointing Chicago squad, the Ramblers. They are 14 and a half point road dogs at Dayton who Dayton is just a tough team to figure out. They were trending down and then they play a game where they win by 50 and you're like, Oh yeah, that's what Dayton's capable of murdered Richmond over the weekend. How do you see this one? Kai? Well, Loyola took money. I think this was like 16, 16 and a half, maybe. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah, I say good luck as well. This Loyola team is is truly terrible. And I say that with great respect to to our dude, Valentine. Uh, this team is not it this year. And, and on the road against an angry Dayton team, who I certainly can't trust as well, but I could easily see Dayton blowing this game out. Um, Loyola is just not in good shape. Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree. Uh, we're going to holster VCU Davidson for Matthew's best bet. So we're going to skip over going straight 810 to 810. Matt, you get Nebraska at Illinois. Illinois, a 14 point home favorite against a very injury marred Nebraska squad. They've been limping lately, just on the court and with those injuries. Uh, are you back in Illinois, back home? Yeah, it's it's big. That's it's Illinois or nothing for me. I didn't officially bet it, but that's certainly the way I lean. I think, you know, everyone's on the Illinois back train. I think that's the right take. And Nebraska had their fun little run, but the, it's just not a team built to withstand injuries, right? Most of these Big Ten teams have depth and legit talent that they can, you know, miss one or two guys. Uh, you know, Hoiberg did a better job constructing that roster this offseason. It's still not very deep, and they can't, they can't like 
respond from what they have to deal with right now. So yeah, Vandemel and Gary both done for the year. Last three games lost by 11 Penn state, 15 Northwestern, 19 Maryland. I think they're two best defenders. Maybe like, down. yeah, they don't, they don't have the, the firepower. Uh, all right, Kai Toledo first half against Miami, Ohio. Is that a auto bet for us here? Preston Trout is curious. Uh, maybe this will be Miami, an action bet for us. Five and a half. Miami, Miami. You're, you're the drum beater of defense, being terrible, right? It's terrible. I think Toledo will score 100, but yeah. Miami's <laughs> also a team I can't really get right either side, so I'm I'm staying away personally. Yeah, I'll probably push for Toledo first half in our action network. Better. Yep, I will too. I'll subscribe. Sure, we'll take Matt, it. Will Jones asked about UConn first half against DePaul. Uh, probably around the same thing. It's a 10-point road favorite, so five and a half, six, I would imagine. Any take on that? I think DePaul competes. Uh, I think NA back in the mix. He's been back for a while now, but just the fact that he is back, you have to have some upfront resistance to those bigs and uh, – and I don't trust UConn's guards on the road to lay that either. So nothing for me. Um, I I want to back to Paul, but guys, my guy Caleb Murphy is doing exactly what I said he would, just playing horrifically. His O ratings in four games since returning, 70, 79, 64, 66. He scores like six points on 10 shots every game. And that's a real disadvantage against UConn. Although I think UConn is broken, that spooks me on backing to Paul. All right, Kai, I think last one. Well, no, we got a couple more flowing in here. But Matt Akers asked about Kentucky, minus 7.5 at Ole Miss. Big Blue Nation looking to get right. Ole Miss has been really, really bad lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> does Kentucky get back on track after that home loss this weekend? If Matthew Morell is out, I like – oh, sorry, yeah. I you were asking me. That was to come. No, with Kai. Wait, who's if it Math- to? If me. If Matthew Morell is out, I like Kentucky. Um, even if he's in, I might lean Kentucky still. Ole Miss has yeah, not been great. Ruffin missed last game too, I believe, for Ole Miss. They're just really struggling for backcourt creators at this point. Uh, Matthew, Northern Illinois at Western Michigan, Northern Illinois plus four. I think that Northern Illinois is rather overvalued after they beat Kent State when they shot the absolute freaking lights out, and they turned around after that game and got smashed by Ball State. I kind of think they lose again here at Western Michigan and don't cover four. I lean that way, Jim. Um, I did watch a little bit of that game where they uh where Coit went off that stud Juco guy like and I use whole handicap is if these Juco guys pan out they have a chance to be competitive and that was like oh crap they actually might be legit so I kind of I'm kind of thinking NIU might be decent but I'm my other side my other uh Matt puppet here is agreeing with you um I think Western Michigan's really good they're really undervalued I should say yeah they were missing Trey Maddox Western Michigan was this weekend against Central Michigan and he does matter so if he's back out again then I'd probably pump the brakes a little bit. Keep an eye on that one. Uh, we discussed Air Force. We discussed Toledo. Um, I believe that is it. Let's go to best bets. Reiterate mine was Northwestern Iowa under 150 and a half. That is against the steam. So play carefully if you respect the market. Um, I just think Northwestern's defense, while it has been declining, is still really solid. Keeps it slow. Uh, in Iowa, while they will score efficiently, I just don't think there will be enough possessions to get there. All right, Kai, to you. My best bet is Virginia Tech plus three and a half. Going with the uh, assumption they are undervalued right now in the current market, riding the Hokies. Matthew. VCU, short road favorite going down to Davidson. They smacked him the first time. I think they smacked him again off that really troubling home loss to St. Bonaventure. A game that they probably should have won. They shot terribly. Bonnie shot very well. 
Bonnies are very well coached and they have that sort of sneak up on you ability. Concerning they lost at home, though, because Bonnies have not been very good away from Ole and still, I give them the pass for that. And it's a team that plays really well angry, like Mike Rhodes gets after his guys at like a really militant level after they lose. All the quotes are like, we're practicing our absolute butts off. I think they come out and just blitz today. Um, look at look at Foster Lawyer's stats and the historical matchups of VCU. The pressure just really swallows him up. I think he had like seven turnovers last game or something. So bad matchup, bad spot. Give me the Rams on the road. Minus three. Love it. Love it. You might get minus four, Bet Rivers. I don't, That's I don't fine. Want to be the I'll up to five. I think here. they smack him. I do. Minus four it is. All right. Thanks for joining us, guys. Hey, we're back tomorrow at noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern for another episode. Big slate tomorrow. Big-ish. 47-ish games on Wednesday. Thank you to Bet Rivers and to Field of 68. Please do hit the like button on the way out. We will see you tomorrow. Good luck with your bets. The headlines remind us daily. The world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-Month Emergency Food Kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com